parenting advice. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, at five minutes after five o'clock on a Thursday morning, the cleanup continuing around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, we picked up more than three inches of snow pretty much everywhere you looked. The unfortunate part is some of that snow then got mixed in with rain and freezing drizzle. And that's kind of the way the weather is going to unfold for the rest of this week. Today, we should see fairly calm conditions. Look for daytime highs today around 29 under sunny skies. Overnight lows tonight down to 8 degrees. Friday, manageable. Partly sunny, 34. But then as Friday night into Saturday rolls around, we've got more changing weather conditions on the way. I'll try to bring you more weather details before we hit 530. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist still taking a little time off. And Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com, joining us live via Skype before 6. Today is the beginning of the USDA Ag Outlook Forum in Washington, D.C. And no matter where you look in production agriculture, the numbers are not good. U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue spoke to that issue yesterday. Comments from him up after 532. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. You know, this weather, it takes its toll on both man and beast. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And sometimes it takes a toll on critters you can't even see. I know that one of the conversations I've been catching uh, at different conferences, uh, in the hallway, elsewhere, what's happening with our Wisconsin bee population, this kind of nasty weather. Fabulous Farm Bay PM Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Boy, Bob, I'll tell you, uh, it takes a lot of scrambling for our beekeepers to keep keep their hives healthy with this kind of crazy, nasty, wicked Wisconsin weather. It sure does, and uh, any self-respecting bee should be down in Florida or Georgia right now pollinating crops down there because uh, that's where a lot of our bees do go during the winter season. And Hannah Sostrom talked about that and a lot of other things having to do with beekeeping. She's from Maiden Rock in western Wisconsin, but she's the new American Honey Queen for 2019. She served last year as Wisconsin's Honey Queen, and she's been in the business with her family a long time. Our Scott had a chance to catch up with Hannah about her duties as the American Honey Queen and about her involvement in the beekeeping industry overall. Now I get to move on as a national representative and I'm ecstatic to be representing the honey industry from coast to coast. And you just jumped into this position a few weeks ago uh, in January. That is correct. So I applied for it in January and competed for it at the American Beekeeping Federation and then went through training, and now I'm ready to travel around the country. Okay, short of, uh, you know, everybody's wanting to do the cliche puns, I suppose, about this (laughs) being a sweet position and everything. 
Why did you uh, become so involved in the beekeeping industry? I've always been amazed at how important the bees are in our life. And so I grew up as a third generation beekeeper, always around the bees. But I was always still intrigued on how important they are because they do pollinate a lot of our food sources. And you have then a bunch of hives out there by Maiden Rock? I do. We currently have about 200 hives, and my goal is to someday continue to expand that. And about how many bees are in 200 hives? Well, one hive will have about sixty to 80,000 bees in it in the summertime. So if you multiply that about 200, that's approximately how many bees we'll have. And about how much does do those hives produce? You kind of hope for about 75 to 100 pounds of honey per hive, but depending on the circumstances, the weather, and the floral sources, it will vary from hive to hive and in the area that they're in. We take bees and honey for granted, maybe, and we probably shouldn't be doing that. They're pretty important for pollination, as you mentioned, and uh, there have been some issues with the bee population over the past few years. And uh, what are we doing to uh, help that situation? Yeah, so we're currently still losing about one-third of our bees every year, and so that's not intentional losses. It's all based on their health and everything. And so the beekeepers and researchers are still continuing to collaborate and find ways to improve the bee health. And so far they have found that it's not just one thing affecting the bee health, but multiple things all at the same time. Like you said, they pollinate everything. What would happen if all of the bees went away? Do we have an idea? Well, one-third of the food we eat requires honeybee pollination, or one, and pollination, and so a lot of that food that we would eat would actually disappear. And so either, it's, either it won't be the greatest quality, or there's also crops that are completely dependent on that pollination, so we won't have those. And the food itself, the honey that we get out of it, mm-hmm. that's, that's uh, it's a great product, and it lasts forever, they tell me. That is correct. They've even found that honey in the Egyptian pyramids, and so it will naturally crystallize over time as a way for honey to keep itself viable. Tell me about honey and its nutritional values. What are the great values of that product? Well, a great value for honey, or a reason you might want to cook with it or eat it, is that honey is not only going to be a sweetener in itself, but it's also going to be a flavor added. So honey will come in about 300 different varieties, depending on the floral source that the bee went to. And so when you're cooking or baking with it, you just change up the flavor of honey, and that's going to change up the flavor of the dish you're making. Talk to me a little bit about advancements, as it were. I mean, people probably cooked a lot more with honey years and years ago. And then maybe there was a a hollow spot where we didn't use honey a lot. And we're rediscovering honey to some extent, are we? I would say, yeah, there's definitely been a bigger swing lately to go towards all the natural sweeteners and stuff like that. And so if you are looking to find some great ways to utilize honey, you can go to honey.com and there's going to be variant different recipes that all over there for different dishes and everything. Tell me some more about the bees themselves. The bees that you have, uh, there, there are a lot of traveling bees these days uh, that get hauled from place to place mm-hmm. to poll- pollinate. Uh, are you involved with that kind of uh, beekeeping? I am not. We currently keep our bees here over winter, but like you said, a lot of the Wisconsin beekeepers are currently moving their bees down south, or a lot of them are in California for the almond production right now. And what should we be doing out in the countryside to help those bees? If you're looking to help the bees, the easiest thing you can do is in the spring of the year, leave the dandelions in your yard because that's going to be the first uh, nutritional source and floral source for the bees. And if you're looking a different way to not leave the dandelions in your yard but still help the bees, just plant some other floral sources that the bees will love. And let's talk about you. 
you're a, a nursing student, I understand, at UW-Eau Claire. I am. So I'm currently going for nursing. I'm a junior, and I'm, my goal is to spend my nursing career in the oncology unit. And so one reason I love nursing and beekeeping is that honey can actually tie into the medical field because honey has medical properties and antibacterial properties that will help create an ideal wound healing environment. You just learned about all this stuff as you grew up out on that beekeeping operation, right? A lot of it I did, but one thing I love about this industry is you, you're never done learning. You're always learning from others and from the things you teach other people as well. Do you think you'll wind up uh, having bees down the line uh, 20 years from now? Can you see yourself uh, maintaining a, a, some hives? A hundred percent. I'm currently trying to figure out exactly my life plans, but I want to incorporate nursing and beekeeping, and my goal is to continue to expand our beekeeping operation. Where's this uh, national role, the national ambassadorship, as it were, going to take you? What what all do you have planned for the summer, for the for this year, for 2019? I'll be traveling from coast to coast to approximately 20 different states. And so through government visits, uh, media interviews, fair visits, and other promotional events, we'll be representing the honey industry. And you did that uh, throughout the year, the past year, here in Wisconsin. Where did it all take you here in the state? Well, it took me, I traveled about 8,000 miles throughout the state of Wisconsin, and there was about 100 hours of promotional events that I put in. And the American Beekeepers uh, uh, Federation... We don't hear about them a lot, as much, maybe as much as we should. Uh, what what should we know about the American Beekeepers Federation, uh, membership wise? How many members are there? Uh, is it is it a broad range of beekeepers? It's going to be beekeepers from all over the United States. And so, one thing you should know about them is that it's not just for commercial operation commercial operations it can also be for if you have a couple hives and are just learning wanting to learn more about how to keep them or more information about them so it's for beekeepers from all scales and sizes and all across the states do you know are there becoming more and more small operations somebody just wants a couple of hives out there is there more interest hobby wise even in in the beekeeping industry there are definitely starting to become a lot more hobbyist beekeepers and one thing we encourage is if you are looking to beekeep make sure to join like a local beekeeping club or to try and just do some research before you try and start beekeeping and tell me about uh, the marketing side of things you're obviously a big part of the marketing uh, what are beekeepers doing these days is it all is marketing done through the federation uh, in general or are there other interests that are out there pushing honey there's a lot a lot of the honey consumption is promoted by myself and the other national representative nicole and so that's a huge thing that we'd like to push but american beekeeping federation is definitely out there promoting they're at the government level trying to increase awareness for the honeybee level for the honeybees and then they're also across the united states and so beekeepers themselves are also out there promoting so it's kind of a joint task force for everyone trying to do as much as they can to promote the honeybees if you can tell me a couple of things that you think would be some of the bigger challenges that are facing the industry in the next couple of years what might they include a huge thing I think we need to look at is going to be for the health of the honeybees. We need to focus a lot on the floral sources because it's like how humans can only eat. They have to have a variety of different things to, in order to stay healthy. It's the same for the honeybees. They can't just go to one specific floral source. They need a diversity of everything. And so in order to help keep the health of the honeybees up and try to continue to move forward with that, it's just a huge thing is trying to get different floral sources planted. And, of course, you know, you want to make a dollar, I guess, if you're a commercial 
honey producer. Mm-hmm. Is, is that getting better, or where are we standing with that? A lot of it just it depends on the year with the weather and everything. So you can never say specifically if, it, oh, this year is going to be better than last. You just A lot of it you just kind of have to wing it and hope that it turns out the best because a lot of it will be dependent on the weather and other circumstances you can't always control. That's great. Thank you so much for visiting with me this morning, Hannah. Thank you for having me. That's Hannah Schustrom, the American Honey Queen. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. If you'd rather be fishing, well, now's your chance. The Zone is inviting you to go walleye fishing with Ballard's Resort on Minnesota's Lake of the Woods. Our adventure begins Friday, June 28th to Tuesday, July 2nd. Check it out. Everything is included. Three days of guided walleye fishing. Round trip motor coach transportation from Madison. Four nights lodging. Meals. Your rods, reels, bait, and tackle. Fishing processing. And even your taxes. This adventure is only $825 per person if you sign up before March 15th. Space is limited. So call one 800 776 2675 or go to ballardsresort.com to hold your spot. Wow. This trip will sell out, so don't miss the boat. Oh, God. Hey, oh, my God. Get ready to experience big time fishing with your friends in northern Minnesota with Ballards Resort and the Zone. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford & Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached, If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. The only person who can actually find the needle in the haystack. Wow! This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Rolling up on 520 on this uh, Thursday morning, and it looks like we'll have a little time for cleanup after yesterday's snow event. Uh, The latest figures we're looking at as far as snowfall totals from the National Weather Service, they could be updating them a little bit later today, but it looks like that lacrosse area got the most snowfall out of all of our listing areas, somewhere between five and a half and six inches of snow recorded in lacrosse, uh, also in the Toma area, about that same amount. Then the amount seemed to lessen the farther south you came. I think a lot of that snow was in the form of either sleet Maybe even a little freezing rain. Madison at the airport reporting right around three inches of snow. But then you take a look at places like Columbus, two inches there. Fond Lac, it looks like even less than two inches on the ground as of uh, last night. Like I said, they may update those numbers a little bit later today. Uh, What we're looking at as far as a weather forecast is a manageable day today. But then starting as soon as Friday afternoon, we're going to start to see more changes. 
Another storm system is on its way for all of Wisconsin beginning on Friday evening into Saturday morning. And it's going to hang around through the weekend, depending on where you are. Driving conditions could really be compromised quite a little bit on Saturday and even into Sunday. For today, mostly sunny skies on the way, but we're not going to warm up a lot. 29 is our expected high. Winds should be fairly manageable. Overnight lows down to 8 degrees. I'll tell you more about that upcoming storm system next. My name is Matt Wagenson. We've been on this farm since 1979. It's still a family farm. All these farms around here are family farms. My kids eat our meat we produce. They drink the water out of our wells. It's not factories. It's uh, families working hard together to feed feed everyone. And we, the advancements we make are for the better. To watch Matthew's story, visit badgerbean.com. At Compeer Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compere Financial Crop Insurance Specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compere.com. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. All right, the snow is in our rearview mirror, at least as far as today is concerned. We're going to stay sunny, not necessarily real warm. High today around 28 with winds out of the west, 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tonight, cloudy skies with a low around 12 degrees. For Friday, partly sunny, and we're going to warm up. That'll be nice. Highs on Friday right around 34 degrees with light winds out of the northeast, about 5 to 10 miles an hour. But then, coming in on Friday night, that's when that next storm front brings in more precipitation because we'll be warm during the day on Friday. We're not exactly sure what we're going to have to deal with on Friday night. There's a chance of snow, freezing rain, and sleet before 4 a.m. on Saturday. Then there's a chance of snow and freezing rain between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. and another chance of freezing rain after 5 a.m. So you see how precarious Friday night into Saturday morning is going to become. Saturday calling for freezing rain before 10 a.m., then rain after that. Highs on Saturday around 38 degrees, winds out of the east, 5 to 10 miles an hour, and uh, you could see ice accumulations of about a tenth of an inch. That's on Saturday. Sunday, we've got about a 20% chance of snow before noon, uh, so it is going to be a precariously tricky weekend starting as soon as Friday night. All right, the latest conditions that I've got around the state. Lacrosse, you're starting off with clear skies this morning. 16 is your current temp. You're looking for a high at 28. Mauston, you're currently partly cloudy. 19, again, 28, your expected high today. Madison at the airport, clear and 19, looking for a high of 30. In Fond du Lac, you've got clear skies. You're at 21, looking for a high today of 27. And in Oshkosh, Partly cloudy skies, 21, looking for a high today of 27 degrees. Just a quick update on your weather outlook. Coming up after 5.30, we're looking ahead at that Ag Outlook form. I'm sure Bryce Knorr is going to tell us more about that after 5.30. It begins today in Virginia. There are going to be some key note speakers from Canada as well as Mexico. And U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue says he already knows the numbers are not going to look good. Speaking of numbers, we got our December milk production numbers for the state of Wisconsin. Despite the pain we're feeling out there, our milk production went up 
I'll give you all the details and the latest milk price for our Wisconsin dairy farmers. That's coming your way after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture. Wisconsin Farm Bureau. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual is excited to announce the Rural Mutual Farm Dividend Program. The first of its kind in the state. They know how hard you work, so they want to reward you. Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program rewards farmers for their loyalty and dedication with up to a 5% dividend. And since Rural Mutual only does business in Wisconsin, premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. To learn more about Rural Mutual's Farm Dividend Program and how you may qualify, please contact a rural agent or visit RuralMutual.com. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. The National Guard for me was a perfect fit. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't find that in the normal day-to-day life. I didn't find that working behind a desk. I realized being hands-on and being a soldier was something that would keep me active, keep me outside, keep me in the, that team environment that I craved and that I needed so much. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just like, on the cake. I wanted to be in Boise, Idaho. I wanted to be home. The National Guard gave me the opportunity to stay right where I was, to serve my country and my community, and it was the best of both worlds. I grew up flying bush planes in Alaska with my dad. I was fortunate enough to get my pilot's license. I wanted to be in helicopters. I wanted to be a crew chief. The Army National Guard gave me a chance to fly helicopters now instead of fixed-wing aircraft. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. I got a $5,000 signing bonus to join Santa Max. It was a no-brainer. I'm a CDL Class A truck driver for Santa Max. Home every day and no weekends. Santa Max is hiring CDL Class A truck drivers with experience to join the DeForest Third Shift team. Quarterly bonuses and a $5,000 signing bonus. Great pay, great company, and a $5,000 signing bonus. Stop by the open house today from 2 until 5 at 605 Bassett Street, DeForest. Free gifts for all drivers who attend. Santa Max. It is our 50th state and breathtaking. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to join me on our Alaska adventure, August 20th through September 1st. Alaska Agriculture and the Inside Passage Cruise. We'll take in the communities of Juneau, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. We'll visit some of the state's most beautiful locations, like Denali National Park. We'll ride the White Pass and Yukon Route train. We'll visit Prince William Sound. And when you travel with me, remember, all airfare and accommodations are included. Plus, on our agriculture tours, you're getting a chance to attend the Alaska State Fair. You'll visit the Matanuska Valley Agriculture Center and get up close with a real muskox. Find details today at fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage. Or better yet, pick up the phone and call Holiday Vacations, voted best in Alaska, toll-free, 800 826-2266. That's 800-826-2266. Art doesn't see disabilities. 
That's because art is truly for everyone, all artists, ages, cultures, and abilities. But for individuals with disabilities, making art transforms not just them as creators, it transforms everyone around them. VSA Wisconsin has been changing lives through art for over 30 years. We provide accessibility and participation in all arts learning that enhance so many aspects of life. For thousands of Wisconsinites with disabilities, from three years old to seniors, we offer participation in music, visual art, creative writing, movement, and drama. What can VSA Wisconsin do for you? Inspire. You'll see at our programs, shows, events, and sales throughout the state. Attend classes and workshops taught by professional artists at the VSA Art Center in Madison. Or visit our gallery and shop and take some inspiration home. Visit us online at vsawis.org to volunteer, donate, to get informed, get involved, and get inspired by art all over again. The largest video arcade in Wisconsin is right here in Madison. Geeks Mania Arcade and Family Entertainment Center. All the video games and pinball machines you love are waiting for you. Unleash your geek at Geeks Mania. Birthdays are great at Geeks Mania Arcade with group discounts and a free comic for the birthday boy or girl. New video games and pinball machines arrive almost every week. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road across from Rust Era where geeks rule. New at Geeks Mania. Air hockey, pool tables, cosmetrons, and House of Dead 3. Geeks Mania Arcade. Odana Road. The largest video arcade in Wisconsin. First time Matt LaFleur had addressed the media without Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst sitting next to him. I always feel weird. Every time Murphy's at a press conference, it's like, okay, is Gutekunst going to be the one speaking or LaFleur or is Murphy taking it over? First things first, just what was your takeaway on LaFleur and his ability, you know, to to, to control the room and be that that presence without, you know, having Murphy kind of like sitting next to him? Well, LaFleur answered every question that was, thrown his way with a lot of confidence. And I think the biggest takeaway I had was hearing the other coaches talk about how they're following LaFleur's lead. This is his show, and we're going to do everything we can to make his job easier. So it was all coming down from LaFleur, and every coach that talked after Matt did, they were on the side of this is LaFleur's show, we're going to follow his lead. And, you know, then the follow-up to that would be, you know, as a 39-year-old guy who's never been a head coach, does he, when you saw him yesterday and, and, you know, read, heard, watched, you know, previous media interactions, I mean, does he does he look the part? Does he fit the part of a guy that can really, you know, control a room and be the face of a franchise? I think he does. I mean, he seemed, the, the big thing I took from him was the confidence he displayed in every question he answered. Now, we won't know if he will be successful for probably another two years, you know, unless the Packers win a Super Bowl next season. Then we know he will be successful. But it's going to take time for him to implement his offensive system, and it's going to take time to for the Packers to build their roster up to go back to that contending status that we know they can be. We know they were in the past. But it's just a kind of a weird feeling because – We've seen Mike McCarthy here for how many years, and now it's a new face, new head, and somebody else along with Aaron Rodgers. So it will be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, visiting with our, our guy Cody Grant, he was uh, covering the uh, the Matt Lafleur press conference yesterday, and then and, and then there's the the other side of this, uh, Cody, where you know, and I don't know how much I, I fully believe, you know, the the Jeff Janices and the Jermichael Finleys of the world, but you know, you have heard it from multiple people about the Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, attitude and, you know, bringing down, you know, to an extent, you know, the relationship with Mike McCarthy. And if, if that is true, 
and he maybe is the biggest personality ego in the sport, how, how will, uh, you know, if Mike McCarthy couldn't handle Aaron Rodgers, how in the world is a brand new 39-year-old head coach going to deal with Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's the biggest question, but quarterbacks coach Luke Getze said that Aaron Rodgers wants to be coached. It's just kind of a thing, too, where, and this happened a little bit with Brett Favre near the end of his, his career. It took Mike McCarthy kind of real far back in because they're so great. You know, Favre was great, Rodgers is great, and he's been around for a long time, and he knows what he's doing. He's, you know, considered the smartest guy in that locker room, and for good reason. So it's just about trying to maybe not always do it his way. Hey, he has to understand that Matt LaFleur, Luke Getze, and offense coordinator Nathaniel Hackett have things they can bring to the table that can help Aaron out. And Aaron wants to be better. He's a competitor. But it's just about him trying to not do it his own way every single time out and listen to these guys and We'll see if he's uh, willing to do that. Now, one of the things that uh, you know I noticed yesterday, and you were talking about his lead brother named Luke Getze, they asked Rodgers about him before they brought him you know, back, right? Like, Was that yes. talked about, Luke Getze? Yes. Um, he did say that he talked with Rodgers before bringing Getze back. Well, see, yeah, they're trying to appease him a little bit. Then when Mike Pettin was up there, I got to ask you because my brother, um, he was uh, checking out your timeline and you're covering. Mike Pettin was up there taking the podium. And Pettin said, I think it's critical that the coaching staff is united and on the same page. And he wanted me to ask you, was that a shot at Mike McCarthy? I don't, the former I don't think it was staff? a shot. Pettin was actually asked about uh, team chemistry and how important coaching chemistry is. And Pettin, he's made a point to say that the coaching chemistry is even more important than the team chemistry and how he wants the coaching staff to present a united front to the players, for instance, it's okay if they disagree, but they don't want to let the players know they're disagreeing. So they're going to work uh, with those disagreements behind closed doors and come to a conclusion and then present that to the players. So I don't think he was taking a shot in McCarthy. I didn't take it that way, at least. All right, good. I, I, I just think that he wants to uh, he wants to show that this coaching staff, because it's all a lot of new people. This is the Farm Report with Pam Young. Alrighty, 535 now on a Thursday morning. Coming up before 6 o'clock, Bryce Knorr is going to be back along with us. Today is the beginning of the Ag Outlook Forum in Virginia. Some high-level guests from Canada and Mexico will be on the program. We'll talk with Bryce about that in about 15 minutes or so. We're also going to be focusing in on Wisconsin's milk price and milk production figures. We got the December numbers Finally, yesterday, that's up in just a second. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. This is the 21st day of February. Back on this date in 1972, U.S. President Richard Nixon started his historic visit to China. Isn't it amazing? That was kind of the beginning of when the United States started paying attention to China. And from all accounts, that visit that President Nixon made to China turned out to be a very good beginning of normalizing relationships between the two countries. (laughs) That is until today. 1958, on this date, the peace symbol was designed. The fellow that designed it was Gerald Holtham, and it was commissioned by the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament. The peace symbol, which we still have and see today, designed back in 1958 on this day. All right, enough of that. Let's plow forward with what's going on today. 
What's beginning today in Washington, D.C. is USDA's Ag Outlook Forum. The market's going to be paying close attention to all the conversations that come out of this, including the expectations on planted acres for corn, soybeans, and wheat. Uh, Chief Ag Economist Robert Johansson is going to be releasing those numbers later today. U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue will also be in the audience and at the podium today in Virginia. He mentioned yesterday with farm reporters that he does not expect any of the data to be very uplifting. Commodity prices have fallen while the cost of operations have increased. The February 2018 farm income forecast report that farm income in, uh, is projected in 18 to be down another 6.7% from 2017. Not good news. Cash receipts for all commodities are forecast to fall uh, one-half of a percent, while production expenses increase by a full percentage point. That's not a path to prosperity. So definitely not a friendly audience, if you will, today out at the Ag Outlook Forum in uh, Virginia. That's U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. There's another issue that may be discussed today, a new report on swine health .org says the Vietnamese Ministry of Agriculture has released a communication that confirms African swine fever virus has been found in two northern provinces of Vietnam. That is located about 100 miles from the Chinese border. Outbreaks have shown up on three farms. All the infected animals have been dispersed. Animal Health Department officials are testing the herds at other farms, trying to get a better gauge on what's going on. Local authorities in Vietnam have put control measures in place to try to help limit any of the potential spread of the disease. Uh, Moving animals in the infected areas has been stopped. Pork is a very popular protein in Asian countries, and United Nations experts said the spread of African swine fever was likely. Pork's a major part of the Vietnamese diets, up to 75% of the meat consumed in that country. Vietnam's got a population of about 95 million people, and they eat almost 30 million farm-raised pigs domestically every year. The Vietnamese chief of epidemiology says animal smuggling and tourism are making it difficult to protect Vietnam against African swine fever or keep it from spreading any further. That could be a newsmaker at the U.S. Ag Outlook Forum today and definitely in the marketplace. It's 539. It is our 50th state and breathtaking. I'm Pam Yankee inviting you to join me on our Alaska adventure August 20th through September 1st. Alaska Agriculture and the Inside Passage Cruise. We'll take in the communities of Juneau, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. We'll visit some of the state's most beautiful locations like Denali National Park. We'll ride the White Pass and Yukon Route train. We'll visit Prince William Sound. And when you travel with me, remember, all airfare and accommodations are included. Plus, on our agriculture tours, you're getting a chance to attend the Alaska State Fair. You'll visit the Matanuska Valley Agriculture Center and get up close with a real muskox. Find details today at fabulousfarmbabe.net, right there on the homepage. Or better yet, pick up the phone and call Holiday Vacations. Voted best in Alaska, toll free, 800 826-2266. That's 800-826-2266. More bad news, I'm afraid, for our Wisconsin dairy producers. Despite our tough economic situation, our milk production in the month of December went up. The latest figures available from the U.S. Department of Agriculture released yesterday going back to December. 
Our milk production in December for Wisconsin up 1%, 2.57 billion pounds, and we're doing it with fewer milk cows. In December, 1.27 million head of dairy cattle in the state. That's down 1,000 head from November, 5,000 fewer than December of 2017. And every one of the cows we've got producing about 35 pounds of milk more than she did a year ago. At the same time, Wisconsin's milk price goes down yet again. The December milk price, $16 a hundredweight. That is 40 cents less than the all-milk average and 90 cents less than what Wisconsin's milk price was in November. It's also $1.80 less than December of 2017. If you work out that $16 a hundredweight, it's about $1.38 per gallon at the farm gate. What else did we see? Well, Wisconsin wasn't alone with these declines. All of the 23 major dairy-producing states had a lower milk price compared to November. Wisconsin and Virginia, the biggest milk drops, Uh, New Mexico, however, had the lowest pay price in the nation, $14.70 a hundredweight. Minnesota had a $16.30 milk price. Michigan, $15.60 milk price there. So again, we can't help ourselves. Our genetic potential and the way we take care of these animals just keeps putting more milk in the pail. Uh, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated recognizes that dairy farmers are really struggling. They had their annual meeting in Bloomington where they announced that they are going to be giving some of their patrons money back. Co-president and CEO Cheryl Meske says that they realize their member patrons are dealing with low milk prices and they want to talk about an early payout for AMPI members. Well, we all recognize that we're on the fourth year of a real economic drought in dairy. And so the AMPI corporate board announced today to the attendees at the annual meeting that they are going to accelerate the cash distribution of the 2018 earnings. And so our members will receive that in March versus what is more traditional August-September timeframe. First of all, the pot is $2.4 million. So they will share that according to the amount of business that they do with the co-op. So, you know, hard to put a, a dollar figure because it's unique to the farm size, but nonetheless, a a real recognition of solid performance of the co-op, but more important, we are just in the midst of just one of the toughest time periods in dairy history. Cheryl Meske, co-president and CEO of Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, AMPI, headquartered in New Ulm, Minnesota. She says the move is all about getting cash back in the hands of the dairy farmers and try to help them through this tough stretch. Well, after all, we're owned by dairy farmers, and our board of directors is comprised of dairy farmers. So that is far and away the mindset. Anything we can do to get additional cash into the country right now is critically important. And quite frankly, the first time the cooperative has made this move, many years ago, that 08, 09 time period, there was an acceleration of equity revolvement. But again, this would be the cash payment. You know, after all, uh, we all know that the dairy industry is the family farms, it's the cheesemakers, it's the buttermakers, and it's the communities that benefit from ultimately those dairy farm families. And so very critical in, in this time period. Let's hope that the new farm bill provisions, and if we can correct some of these trade issues, these retaliatory tariffs, I think that there's some green arrows if that happens. Cheryl Meske, co-president and CEO of AMPI, Associated Milk Producers Incorporated, doing what they can to try to get cash back in the hands of their dairy farmer members to see them through these difficult times. 
Markets and overnight electronic trade are actually up just a little bit. March corn's three cents higher. December corn up two and three quarters, currently at 401 and a quarter. We've got March beans up a penny and three quarters. November beans up a penny, 949 and a half. March wheat three and a half higher. July new crop also up three and a half, currently at 491 and three quarters. Dairy, as far as cheese, barrel cheese dropped a penny and a half yesterday to 141 and three quarters. Double A butter, that was up three quarters of a cent, 225 and three quarters. The 40-pound block cheese unchanged. Fluid milk overnight. March milk right now is down 8 cents at 14.52. April unchanged. You still have to go all the way out to August before we see any fluid milk contract that's at or above the $16 mark. They'll be talking about all commodities today at the Ag Outlook Forum in Washington, D.C. Actually, I should say in Crystal City, Virginia. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, joins us next to give us his spin on what he's hearing about overnight influences on our markets. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does... Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. The Army National Guard is committed to keeping the country safe and our communities secure. Composed of hundreds of thousands of citizen soldiers from all walks of life and in every corner of America, the Guard is always ready to respond to local or national emergencies. The Army National Guard reacts to domestic operations in each of America's 54 states and territories, including Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, Guam, and the District of Columbia. Each state National Guard's unique domestic role is to act as the first line of defense in support of civil authorities in their state. The Guard's emergency responses include Search and rescue missions for floods, combating wildfires, hurricane and tornado recovery, and the presidential inauguration. The Army National Guard. We are always ready. We are always there. And in every state and territory, we stand guard for our communities. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard. Aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. If you've ever driven a tractor, you're her friend. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Almost 548 now on a Thursday morning and time to find out what's uh, being discussed in the marketplace. I mentioned to you earlier that a lot of folks are going to be watching the Ag Outlook Forum that begins this morning out in Crystal City, Virginia. And I bet Bryce Knorr is one of those. You're not going to be there, though. Is that correct? Uh, No, our senior editor, Ben Potter, is there. And uh, so uh, I'll be... Uh, uh, keeping the home fires burning, more importantly, watching the wires uh, uh, about uh, uh, probably 7.15 Central Time. Uh, we'll get the, uh, the today's breaking news out of that forum. 
So we're noticing that uh, the ag ministers from Canada and Mexico have also got a position at the podium. Do we expect any announcements, Bryce? Or I, I know you've been coaching us up that this could be the newsmaker the market's been waiting for. Right, and uh, it, it won't come from uh, that particular session. Uh, today's numbers uh, that the market is waiting for, uh, typically the chief economist for USDA, uh, will uh, he gives a speech on the overall ag outlook. And that includes uh, the agency's latest estimates of 2019 acreage. So that's, those are the numbers that the market has been anticipating. Uh, the average trade guess for corn is 91.7 million acres. Uh, that's about 1.4 million more than we found in our survey. For soybeans, uh, the trade is thinking uh, 86.1 million acres. Uh, again, that's about a million and a half more than we found in our survey. Uh, so uh, we'll uh, we'll find out USDA's latest thinking. Now these are based on statistical models, not actual surveys of farmers. And of course, the USDA doesn't put uh, put out its first survey of growers on uh, corn and soybean spring wheat at least until March 29th. You mentioned Bryce that uh, Farm Futures surveys farmers frequently on a lot of different things. What is your sense? Are there going to be a lot of acres that we just flat out leave alone in 2019 if we don't see a better economic picture by planting time? I think uh, some of those acres may wind up in uh, crops that uh, take a lot less uh, input money. Uh, uh, for example, hay uh, pasture and uh, or uh, farmers uh, uh, trying. I think. Uh, pushing the pencils pretty frantically trying to come up with something uh, that doesn't have red ink, uh, whether that's hemp or whatever. Uh, I think uh, th- there will be a lot of, uh, lot of acres in play. Uh, also, uh, we didn't get uh, the fertilizer down last fall uh, due to the slow harvest, wet conditions. Uh, so that also gives farmers more, more leeway. And right now, the market is telling farmers that soybeans look better than corn on average. Uh, I don't think that's probably the case down the road, but the market's not really uh, providing a whole lot of incentive for growers to shell out all that money uh, to stick a corn crop in the ground because the losses on corn, at least on the board, look greater than soybeans. Talk to me a little bit, uh, March 15th, just around the corner, crop insurance. Have you uh, looked at any models on crop insurance price? Is that going to uh, give us any kind of opportunity on if not a safety net, maybe a profit play? Uh, the uh, profit play, I think, is going to be limited. Uh, it's not like the days when you could guarantee yourself a profit just by uh, buying up as much revenue uh, uh, revenue insurance as, as possible. The base prices uh, for those uh, crop insurance products are being set now. And uh, corn looks like it'll be about four bucks. That's basically about the same as last year. Beans uh, below last year will be lucky to be nine fifty or so. So the crop insurance will provide a safety net, but it's definitely one that has a few holes in it. What else are you going to be watching then today, Bryce? Like I said, that ag outlook forum's kind of taken up all the air in the room. What else should we be mindful of? Well, those talks uh, between uh, the vice premier of China and Treasury Secretary uh, Bob Mnuchin and uh, Trade Representative uh, Litzinger, those kick off today. There have been some reports overnight that the kind of the uh, a very general uh, outlook of what a deal might look like. Now, they don't have a deal, but they're talking about what it might look like. has started to emerge, and that would include a commitment from China to narrow its trade deficit 
with the U.S. by buying a lot more uh, U.S. agricultural products and uh, energy products. Uh, we don't expect anything final to come out of the meeting when it ends tomorrow, uh, but uh, the, there seems to be a little bit more optimism. Again, there's some very thorny issues, and probably the biggest one is how they actually enforce any type of deal. They may come up with something that uh, President Trump and President Xi of China uh, can sign, uh, perhaps in April or May, and then kind of move on and see what happens and start talking about something else. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, on on the brighter side, or at least a change in direction, you getting any more indication? You had mentioned that there were some folks down in Texas that had already uh, gotten the corn crop started. Uh, you getting any other updates in that regard, Bryce? Uh, no, we didn't get a report out of Texas this week. Uh, the, the overall, uh, you know, the moisture situation down south is uh, uh, abundant, to say the least. Just these series of storms that have, had a, that have uh, uh, swept through uh, due to the unusual uh, jet stream pattern this winter, uh, keeping, uh, keeping the south very wet for the most part. And, of course, that's going to be bringing uh, uh, a big storm uh, to the upper Mississippi River Valley uh, later this week into next week. Uh, so it looks like right now the forecast is for uh, below average temperatures for the next two weeks. And then uh, perhaps a little bit of a shift to some drier weather. Uh, but uh, those chilly conditions are going to uh, prevent any, any type of major drying. But uh, the, the uh, flood waters and the ice on the river remain a, a problem. Uh, and that uh, that has, uh, has hurt uh, transportation not only corn, soybeans, downriver, uh, but perhaps some input uh, products uh, upriver as well. Yeah, we got to start thinking about that. Very good. All right. Well, Bryce, we appreciate you. We will catch up with you in about a week. Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist, Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. Now listen, as we said, that USDA Ag Outlook Forum takes place today and tomorrow. If you want to find out what stories are evolving from the numbers they announce, from the conversations that go on, farmfutures.com, follow Bryce. They are dissecting everything that is going to be released in that form. And like I said, uh, between Bryce's schedule and mine, we'll have to catch up with him uh, in a little over a week. We will catch up with you tomorrow as the 30th Annual Organic Farming Conference heads to La Crosse. How are those farmers finding markets for their organic goods? Big part of what we'll talk about tomorrow. This is